as uh, you might have seen already, um, uh, the uh, candle that we have this morning is our uh, joy candle, um, and specifically the joy candle, as you can see, um, we have two candles lit, uh, three candles lit. We had our um, um, uh, uh, hope candle, that was the first week. We have our peace candle that is here today. And today, the joy candle is the pink candle that we have uh, lit here uh, today. And, and uh, that's, our, that's, our, that's our theme for, for today, as you heard it throughout the service. Um, I want to make a clear distinction about what joy is. And I prayed about it a little bit, and we're going to understand the difference between joy and happiness, or happiness and joy. We've already talked about that a little bit during Radiate before, right? We've talked about the difference between what it means for us to be happy and what it, for us, what it is for us to have joy. Happiness is an emotion, a feeling of temporary elation and euphoria as experienced in our bodies and senses due to an external stimuli, so something that we are externally touching or interfacing with, events or surroundings. My favorite is, so when, when, when my, she doesn't know I'm going to say this, when my wife gets hungry, right, she not only gets hungry, she gets hangry, right? Y'all know what hangry means. So when she, I see some folks shaking their head, right? Um, when she gets hangry, she needs food. And when she gets the meal that she wanted, like that, hap like that food that, that she was craving, what ends up happening is during her first bites, she actually like does a little, like a little shimmy, a little dance. My daughter actually does the same exact thing sometimes, like just shimmy and dance. What is that that you see? That is happiness or a feeling of elation because she is eating something, taking it in, she is experiencing it in her senses, and it causes an outward reaction, the, the dance or the shimmy. Now, if you know me, I've already said it, Christmas is my favorite holiday, and during this time, I find myself in such a great mood, pretty much from like, I start, I start Christmas for me starts on November 1st. November 1st starts Christmas, right? And then all the way through Thanksgiving, we take a little break, we just eat something, and then we go all the way to Christmas, right? And during this, that whole stretch of Christmas, I find myself pretty much in the best of moods. And then December 26th comes. And then typically that morning of December 26th, I'm like, eh, eh, 364 more days till the next Christmas. Like, that's literally me. If you are the same way like me, I want you to just nod your head in agreement with me in this space. If you are, my wife's shaking her head, no. We, we speak against that spirit that's going on in her right now. Um, just kidding, just kidding. Um, if you are in the chat, yo, just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I love Christmas. There's a happiness that comes during this time. But it goes away. Joy, on the other hand, or Christian joy, is different. You see... You have joy, right? You have joy. Joy is something that you gain, something that you can become. See, to be in a joyful state is a state of being that comes from deep within you. Joy is the alignment 
of your spirit and your mind to have an attitude of contentment, an attitude of acceptance, and locking into a deep sense of peace and even excitement about where you are. You see, listen, 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 ready? Happiness is dependent on your external environment. Joy is dependent on your internal state of being. Happiness is controlled by what goes on on the outside. Joy is controlled on what goes on on the inside. And in Zephaniah chapter 3, we can see what's happening here and be a little bit thrown off if we understand the true breadth of the, of the, of the text. When we read this book, we need to understand that Zephaniah is a prophetic book. It's a book of prophecy. And it helps us understand that God is sending a message to his people about what they are doing, what they need to do, and what he has in store for them. It can feel a bit weird. Because what God is saying in Zephaniah, right, when you first read it, is basically, I'm holding you accountable. And he's also saying, take joy now for what is to come. You see, he's holding them accountable for things that they had done, but he's also saying, take joy now for the things that are to come. If we sit with this, there are things that we can take home with us that serve as a valuable lesson for the manifestation of joy in our very lives which brings me to today's title of the message, A Current Joy for a Coming Promise. A Current Joy for a Coming pro Promise. Now, think of something that brings you joy. Think of it right now. Think of something in your, in your life that actually brings you joy. I'm going to jump to the thing for me, and the number one thing is I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it's my kids. My kids bring me so much joy. Now, remember, joy is different from happiness. And there are times where my kids don't make me happy. There are times where my kids make me downright upset. Like I grip my teeth and the old school Haitian Caribbean man wants to come out of me because I am just upset with those kids. But the thing about my kids is that even on the days where they drive me insane, just one deep or intentional moment of reflection about my kids brings me this overwhelming sense of joy that can move me from a place of frustration to a place of deep acceptance and contentment and peace. My, uh, uh, my wife and I sometimes, it's, it's funny, right? You spend all day with your kids, and then you get in bed, and you're going through pictures of your kids and what the kids did during the day. And sometimes we'll go back in time, and our phones will remind us of, like, pictures of our kids when they were younger. And I will find myself just like, I don't cry much, but at the pictures of my kids, I will weep. And, like, not just like, oh, my God, that's so cute. Like, <laughs> like crying. And my wife just be looking at me like, yo, you good? Right? Like. I'd be crying that hard because my kids bring me joy. And the thing about joy is joy changes you. 
It's why in the scriptures there's such a focus on joy. It's why Paul calls us to surrender, to cause us to consider it pure joy when we face trials. Because having a spirit of joy shifts you in the midst of your trials. And it's why the scripture also says that this is my commandment, that you love one another so your joy may be full. Because nothing brings you a deeper sense of joy than when you are able to love and express the biblical expression of what love means towards your brother and sister in Christ or a person in need. Joy changes you. Joy is a transformative agent. And when joy anchors in your life, you are not the same person at that point. But why is joy so transformative? Let's, let's go to this text and understand what it says. Ready? The first thing that we recognize with joy is, similar to what Pastor Latouche did, he, he had some peas last week. We're going to have some peas this week today as well. Joy helps us focus in on presence. Joy comes directly from the acknowledgement of God's presence in the midst of us. It's important to put things into context as we go through. Remember, I said Zephaniah was a prophet, and he was prophesying to King Josiah. And what is to come, if the people of God don't turn away from their wickedness in their lives and return to a true sense of worship, the prophet speaks of God's judgment, not only towards his people, but to all nations of the world. And there is a sense of understanding that the people of Israel will have to be held accountable for the time that they spent out of communion with God. Zephaniah is, is saying to them, listen, y'all have messed up. Y'all haven't done exactly what God has called you. You've exited out of communion with God, and as a result, you're going to experience some hardship that's the beginning of Zephaniah's prophecy. And yet, at the same time where Zephaniah is saying that God's going to hold you accountable for the things that you've done, he also shares the sense of restoration of communion with God that is also to come at the same time. Let's listen and hone into Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 14 through 17 and read along with me. People of God sing, Israel shout loudly. People of Jerusalem, be glad. Let your hearts be full of joy. The Lord has stopped punishing you. He has made your enemies turn away from you. The Lord is the King of Israel. He is with you. He will never again be, you will never again be afraid that others will harm you. The time is coming when people will say to Jerusalem, Zion, don't be afraid. Don't give up. The Lord your God is with you. Y'all, 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 y'all. Y'all, did you hear that? It says, let your hearts be full of joy. This version says, be glad. The Lord, the King of Israel, he is with you. Hold up, hold up. The same God that's holding them accountable is saying, be glad, find joy. Because what? Because I am with you you. God's presence and position in our lives is the wellspring of joy that we need as we venture through this life. It is easy for the joy of the Lord, it is easy for the joy of the Lord that we seek to be predicated on the details and surroundings of what we experience. And I use that joy, joy of the Lord. What do I mean by that? A lot of times we can find it easy to be joyful in the Lord and be happy in God and find joy in God when things are going the right way. I'm not going to lie. I'm on cloud nine this week. I had the week 
I spent the week in Puerto Rico, Monday to Friday, 85 degree weather. I was working, but I was in Puerto Rico. I loved every single minute of it. I mean, if you have to work, why not work at the beach with the waves crashing? With, 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 I had passion fruit juice all week long, like real passion fruit juice. And I'm just sitting there, I'm enjoying myself. I'm working, but I loved it. And, 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 and at that moment, it's easy for me to be joyful, right? Y'all would agree. If you were sitting by the waves on this cold morning here in New York, but you were somewhere in the, in the warm sun, you would probably be joyful too. It's easy when things are simple to find pleasure. However, it becomes harder to find joy when the circumstances that present in our lives do so and make things difficult for us. But the prophet was saying something different to the people. He said, let your hearts be full of joy because the master finds himself among you. You see, Zephaniah's prophecy wasn't just the prophecy of, of, of what was going on for the people of that day to return back to God. It was also a prophecy of the king of kings who, was amongst, who would be amongst mankind and restore mankind back to relationship with him. What do I mean by that? Wait a minute. God was supposed to hold us accountable, right? If we understand scripture, we were supposed to be held accountable because of the sin of Adam and Eve. And yet in that same scripture, we read prophecies where God says, even though I'm going to hold you accountable, what I'm also going to do is send myself to be with you in order for that account to be made paid in full. And who did he send? He sends who? He sends Jesus. And it is why here the joy conversation is so important. I love the story of Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1. Elizabeth is John the Baptist's mother, and she's pregnant at the time with John the Baptist's baby. And she goes at this point to go find who? The Virgin Mary, who is also pregnant with baby Jesus. And at the point that she goes to go and find the Virgin Mary, what the Bible tells us is that John the Baptist in his mother's belly jumps for joy when Elizabeth hears Mary's voice, Mary the mother of Jesus. The, 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 the baby in Elizabeth jumped in exclamation and excitement because why? Because the baby, John the Baptist, Elizabeth, was in the presence of the king. Can I get an amen, somebody? You understand where we're going with this? It's the same reason why when Jesus was born on that beautiful night, that the, the, the skies light up and the angels begin to sing with praise and joy. And they say, Emmanuel, God with us in the midst of that. And they cry, holy, holy, holy. Y'all, it's because of Jesus' presence. God with us. God in the midst of us. So let me say this to you this morning as we move from this point on to the next one. Y'all, let the presence of the Savior be the root of your joy in your life.
let the presence of Jesus being in your heart, in your mind, guiding you, walking with you, let that be the joy that you need today, this morning. I don't care if things are going swimmingly well in your life. You got all the money you need. You live in the right community. You're with the right partner. You got the right job. You're healthy. Or if you're on the flip side of it, you don't have enough money. You don't live in the right house or right community. Your things are not going well with your partner or with your family. And you need a better job or you have no job. Let the joy of the Savior and his presence in your life be the joy that you are looking for this morning. One thing that I've learned in this life is things come, things go. We get so focused on money. Money comes, money goes. We get so focused on cars. Cars come, cars go. Right now, we look for jobs. I mean, if you are looking for a job, now's the time to find a job. But guess what? Five years from now, that same job that you can have that you wish for could be gone. That house that you live in right now that you think is great might not even be what you need. Five years from now, things come and things go. Your happiness. It's okay to be happy with those things, but your joy must be found in something that is permanent, and that is the presence of Jesus in your life. So that first P is presence, right? The next P that we have this morning is perception. Lionel, what do you mean by perception? Let's dive into it. Perception. Joy sees past what we can see and touch and lives in the realm of belief in the Lord. Ooh. Walk with me as we go through this, y'all. I, I want to make sure that I define the word perception so we don't get confused, right? Because some of y'all will be like, wait, well, Lionel, don't I perceive things that I touch, feel, and sense? Yes, that is true, but we're taking it to a different place today. Ready? Perceive means to become aware or conscious of something, to come to realize or understand or to interpret or look at someone or something in a particular way. So now, in truth, I chose this word Perception on purpose for two reasons. One, I love alliterations. Alliterations, language arts, you should know what that is. Pa, 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 you know, you know, Peter Piper, Pep the Piper, Pick whatever. I can't say it, but you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Alliteration. And two, because I think we can actually take something from this understanding of perceive or perception. Perceive means that we push ourselves to interpret and understand more than just what is on the surface. It requires us to tap in, so to speak. What could you possibly perceive? What, what, could, you, what could you possibly perceive to have, uh, perception, excuse me, have to do with joy? What could perception have to do with joy? Walk with me for a moment. Remember, in Zephaniah chapter 1 and 2, we laid out that God is frustrated with the people of Israel and he wants to ensure um, and, and, and will ensure that because of their lack of righteousness, they're going to be held accountable. Yes, the accountability that Israel will face is one of hardship and difficulty. And yet, at the same time, God is not only saying, I am with you, but this situation is one that because of my glory, you will benefit from. Wait, what? The hardship, that accountability that God, the people of God would face, would also at the same time be the same grounds God would use to propel them forward. Whoa. That is why God told Zephaniah, tell the people be full of joy. Something 
is going to happen because of me. People of God, we use scripture as a roadmap to understand who God is and what he's capable of doing. And if we look at what happened here with Zephaniah and the people of Israel, we can understand why perception becomes important, right? If there is hardship going on in your life, if there are things that are difficult, it is easy to get caught up in the circumstances of that life. But if we are able to perceive and be intentional and tap in, we can actually say to ourselves, the very ground that God has given me that's difficult is the very ground that God wants to use to create something beautiful. God wants to take what's going on in my life and create beauty from the ashes. The very thing that is causing me pain is the very thing that God wants to bring up in my life to bring something that I can't even fathom and propel me forward. And it takes intention and insight to understand that what God is doing in the midst of your lives. It takes intention, and it takes an intentional level of perception and insight to tap into what God is doing in the midst of what is going on in your life. Let me tell you something. If you're having a hardship at your job, what's the normal response that you would have? Man, I can't stand this place. Yo, my boss is Aggie. My coworkers talk too much. Man, it's always too hot in here. Oh my goodness, it's too cold in here. I don't get paid enough, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And all these things are hardships that you're encountering. But if you're only focused on those hardships, what happens to your internal state of being? You become frustrated. You become angry. You might get filled with rage. You might get filled with, with, uh, with envy, with jealousy, with discontent. You might be filled with hatred towards someone or something. But if you are able to look at that situation and perceive and tap into it, you can say, you know what? Maybe God has put me in this place because he's molding me and making me into something that I can't understand right now. Maybe God's doing something with the very ground that I'm walking on that feels unstable, feels unright, feels uncomfortable. And God's shaping me and molding me in the midst of what I'm going through to propel me forward. You have to be able to tap into that. You got to be able to tap into that. You got to be able to understand that and see that and learn that. And why do we know that? Again, we use the Bible as a roadmap. If God has done that before with other people, he will do the same thing for us in our lives. But we have to have the insight to be able to say, this is what God means. This is what God is doing. We need to be willing to perceive and become privy to who the present God is and how he is working in our lives. Joy doesn't get caught up in the happenings of right now. Instead, what joy does is joy becomes the fuel in understanding that God is using my right now to secure my tomorrow. God used Mary's right now. And understand what was going on with Mary's right now. Y'all, Mary wasn't married yet, but she was pregnant. For some people, that don't even fly in 2021. In some communities, they would find judgment. Imagine 2,000 some odd years ago, Mary, a woman in a traditional Jewish society, outside of marriage becomes pregnant, and she can't explain to other people, yo, God made me pregnant. Yeah, all right. You was fooling around. You did something else. 
You stepped outside of what you were supposed to do, outside of the pathway to marriage, outside of the commitment to your, to your, to your betrothed husband, uh, 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 Joseph. Mary might have been seen as tripping. Her right now must have been miserable. But then we get a chance to see how she understands and taps into her right now and perceives her right now and knows what was going to happen tomorrow because of what God was doing. Let's look at Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 46. Ready? Listen to this. Listen to what Mary says in response. This is in response to Mary being pregnant and understanding that God in the flesh is in her belly. My soul gives glory to the Lord. My spirit delights in God, my Savior. He has taken note of me, though I am not considered important. From now on, all people will call me blessed. Yo, do you hear that? Do you understand what was happening? On an earthly level, Mary's situation was not one that was enviable. I would not have wanted to be Mary, but on a spiritual level, Mary knew that God had been doing something, was doing something in her, with her, through her, in the moment that would lead to propel her forward. And that's why she says, how blessed am I that God has found favor on me in the midst of this. And that's why her soul delighted. That's why Mary had joy. Let me tell you something. God wants to use your right now to secure your tomorrow. God wants to use whatever you are experiencing right now to secure your tomorrow. And he wants you to root yourself in joy so you can have that mindset. You need to have a joyful mindset. And in that joyful mindset, you say to yourself, I know that my right now sets me up for my tomorrow. I know that what I'm looking at today sets me up and propels me forward for my future. That's a joyful mindset. And lastly, that last piece. So the first one was what? First one was presence. Second one was perception. The third one is promise. Joy rests in the promise that God will, even when life can't or won't. Let's bounce back to Zephaniah chapter 3 one more time to gain some understanding of what we mean by this. Ready? Pay attention to a word that you hear oftentimes here. Ready? Zephaniah chapter, 13, uh, chapter 3, verse 15 through 20. You will never be afraid that you, you will never be afraid that others will harm you. The time is coming when God will say to Jerusalem, don't be afraid, don't give up. The Lord your God is with you. He is a mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will never, you will no longer punish, he will no longer punish you. Instead, he will sing for joy because of you. The Lord says to his people, you used to celebrate my appointed feasts in Jerusalem. You are sad because you can't do that anymore. Other people make fun of you because of that. The sadness was a heavy load for you to carry, but I will remove the load from you. And at that time, I will punish all those who crushed you. I will save those among you who are disabled. I will gather those who have been taken away. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have been put to shame. And at that time, I will gather you together. I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the nations. I will bless you with great success again, says the Lord. Ooh. What word did y'all hear a couple of times? More than a couple of times. There was a word that you heard. What word was it? It was what? It was will. Right? God was speaking in future tense. 
I will save. I will gather. I will protect. I will raise. I will give you. So, okay, let's look at this through line. We already read that text. Ready? Here we go. Here's the through line. We started here. Presence says, I'm still with you. Perception says, I'm still able to do for you. We looked at those verses. Ready? And the points what God says is clear. It says, I will deliver you from those who harmed you. I will never, you will never be afraid. I will save you. I will bring you home. I will bless you with great success. So if we understand that God is present and we come to perceive what God is doing, we must also be certain in what God promises. If, there, if the present says, I'm still here with you, and perception says, I'm still able for you, promise says, I'll still deliver to you. Promise means that what God says he's going to do, he promised you he's going to get it done. And it's going to end up in your hands. He's going to take you to that place. He's going to remove that thing from your life. He's going to set you up. He's going to elevate you. He's going to fulfill you. If you are walking in his will, he will achieve more in you than you can ever even dream of. Promise says, I'm still going to deliver to you. It's coming in the future. It's coming. And that's why you need to have joy now. You see, we have joy here at this moment, not because of what's occurring, but what we know God is going to do. What he's going to bring, what doors he's going to open, what paths he's going to show us, what opportunities he's going to put in front of us. We have joy because we believe in the promise that the present God who is with us the present God who has done before and where we can understand how he's moved will deliver on the goods that he says he will do on our behalf for the glory of his name and his kingdom. And that's why joy comes from the establishment of the hope and peace that God will come, that God is, and that God can. Y'all, this is why Zephaniah said, y'all got to have joy. Yes, you're going through a hardship, and I'm keeping you accountable of, 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 to what's going on here. But have joy, because I'm still with you. Have joy, because if you know who I am, you know what I've done. And have joy, because I will promise to do what I said I will do. I will deliver you. I will elevate you. The prophets of Zephaniah is not just one about what happened in the past for the people of Israel, but it's also what God said he was going to do through his son Jesus. Remember, Jesus was sent on earth because we had a debt to pay. We were supposed to be held accountable. And even though we were supposed to be held accountable and we made mistakes and still done things and, and done wrong and were impure in the sight of God, God still says, you know what, I'm going to send myself down in the form of my son to be with y'all. I'm still with you. 
And God said, through the plan of Zephaniah, we saw that God had a plan. God had a plan for us through his son Jesus. He said, I can still use the mess that you made, the mess through Adam and Eve, the mess that Adam and Eve did, and the sin that you had to live through, the mistakes that that you've gone through. I can still set that up so that you can be in communion with me, that you can walk with me. God still is able to do. And I want to tell you, God sent Jesus as a sign of deliverance, as a promise. I am still able, through the manifestation of my presence and the visible embodiment of my ability through my son Jesus, I will fulfill my promise to you. I will deliver you out of a place of death and bring you into life. I will bring you out of a place of hopelessness into a place of hope. I will bring you out of a place of despair and bring you into joy. I will deliver you through Jesus. Jesus is the embodiment of all those things. We need to remember that that's not only with Jesus' death, birth, death, and resurrection, but that's also with him coming back. We can find joy that God's presence is with us now through his spirit that lives inside of us. We choose to become aware of how God is using our right now to prepare us for tomorrow, how God is working. Let me tell you something. God is working right now, even through this pandemic, preparing us right now for a future for tomorrow. Life is not going to be the same once we get out of this bad boy. And God is saying here right now, I'm taking this situation The situation that you see right here, I'm taking it, I'm shaping it, I'm shifting it because I have better in store. I'm using you right now. I'm forming you right now in the midst of the cauldron of this uh, of isolation and in the midst of this place of, of, of being alone, in the midst of uncertainty. I am taking you right now to get you ready for tomorrow. And that God's ultimate promise to us is, and sooner... Rather than later, I'm going to deliver you from life here, and I'm going to give you a better life way up there. Sooner rather than later, I want to take you to a place where there's no pain. I want to take you to a place where there's no suffering, where there's no disease, where there's no violence, where there's no uncertainty. And I want to take you to where I am, to a new heaven and a new earth where you will be with me forever. That's the joy that we have currently for a coming promise. And we find that when we are in lockstep and we are in relationship with Jesus, the one who came to be with us. This year, y'all, as we continue to venture through the ups and downs, I want to say this just like the worship team said, and their set really spoke to where we are this morning. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. It's simple as that. If things are going great in your life, cool. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. If things aren't going great in your life, cool. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Let the joy of God being with you, let the presence of the Lord give you what you need, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the hope to know that things are coming. Let it give you what you need so that you can have joy deep, deep down in your soul and know that the joy that you experience today sets you up tomorrow in this life and in the next. 
God's going to deliver on his promise. Let his presence be with you and let you be able to perceive what he's doing so his promise can be fulfilled in your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for just being with us here today. And God, man, Lord, in a, in a season where we struggle with joy, we ask that your joy be our strength. In a season where it's impossible sometimes to hone in, Lord, we ask that we, 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 we connect ourselves with your presence. That, Lord, even though in the midst we may see calamity, Father God, that you can still, you still find yourself amongst us. And because you are able to do, and because you are going to do, and you've promised to us, let us find joy in you. Let the wellspring of joy just flow out of us, Father God that we no longer get thrown to the left and to the right by the waves of life, but, Father, we stay grounded in you. That we can be content in all things, as Paul said. Lord, let us remember that just like Mary, Father God, you have blessed us. You find pleasure in us. Let us be reminded that because we are walking with you and because Christ lives in us, we too are blessed. We thank you. We thank you for your joy. In Jesus' name we pray.